Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on this episode, I'll be talking with Dr. Daniela White, a psychiatrist from one of our Houston offices, and she'll be telling us all we need to know about transcranial magnetic stimulation, or better known as TMS. So welcome, Dr. White. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. You know, I'm, I'm much... Uh, happy to talk. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. No, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad you're, it sounds like you're going to say you're very happy to talk about this because I'm you not talk sure. Talk about of... TMS. Exactly. That's right. what I want to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't think a lot of people really understand what it is and how it can be helpful with some uh, treatment resistant mental health issues. So I really look forward to this conversation first to talk more about it. So thank you again. Absolutely. So let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in using TMS with your patients. Um, all right, so I uh, finished my uh, training uh, at Baylor um, in uh, general psychiatry and later on in child psychiatry. And this, um, I started my practice and uh, the TMS started, um, well, started being researched many, many years ago. But in 2008, I uh, got the approval for treating of, uh, the approval for treating depression. So um, I started using it in 2010. Um, got a machine at that point, uh, it was the only one on the market, the Neuronetics. And I, exci- I was excited to offer something to the patients who did not respond or didn't tolerate antidepressants. And uh, that's what I started it. So um, I've been doing it for a few few years. Uh, meanwhile, other indications came up, um, but they are indications based on the machine. So I can talk more about that later. Got you. So can you give us an overview of what TMS is and how it works? Yes. So starting with the fact that um, the brain, it's an electrochemical organ. Uh, TMS uh, affects the the way the brain uh, functions through electromagnetic uh, waves. So unlike the medications, we need to be swallowed, travel through your body, get absorbed from your blood and be carried to the brain where they actually do whatever they need to be doing to get an antidepressant effect. The TMS is more localized. So basically, the TMS uh, uses a magnet that the intensity is probably as high as an MRI, but the magnetic field pulsates. So based on biophysics laws, when a magnet pulsates, creates small electrical currents that penetrate the skull and stimulate the superficial cortical neurons. Now, the neurons are connected to each other like a chain. So the electricity from the surface of the cortex is led to deeper levels of the brain and um, hypothalamic areas that are responsible for the antidepressive results, right? So we don't know exactly what happens at the terminal ends, but we also don't know exactly what happens with the medications, but it seems like through the stimulation, we have a discharge of norepinephrine and dopamine, and we get a more localized effect, antidepressant effect, therefore less side effects. And we can talk about that as well. Yeah, great, great. So what mental health conditions are are commonly used to treat uh, regarding TMS? The most common condition uh, used, uh, that TMS is used in, um, is uh, major depressive disorder. And that's what the initial uh, uh, approval was. Um, With medications, uh, we're successful maybe 
and third, a third of the cases, right? So those people who do not respond to medications or experience side effects need alternatives. And mm-hmm. that's how the, anti, the antidepressant effect of the TMS was applied uh, eventually in, the, in our practice. Later on, I got an indication for OCD and uh, later on, um, the anxiety uh, anxiety associated with generalized anxiety, right? So it's one of the mostly uh, researched uh, methods of using electricity in treating uh, mental illnesses and the only one that's non-invasive, right? We all know about ECT and maybe uh, vagal nerve stimulation and deep brain stimulation, but all of those uh, involve surgical procedures, even if they are minor, they are still surgical intervention, I mean, to, to implant the, those uh, electrodes, but not TMS. So that was going to be my next question. You know, how does TMS differ from ECT or deep brain stimulation? Are there other ways that it's also different? Well, the main one, um, and that's the one that uh, allows such a wide research and uh, use, is the fact that it's non-invasive. So basically, you just come to an outpatient uh, office that has a chair and uh, a magnet that delivers the stimulation. Uh, you don't have to be under anesthesia like you have with the ECT. Um, all you have to do is to relax and allow the machine to deliver the impulses, right? Um, the other, I mean, the other, the other ones that we mentioned, they require you either sedation or surgery or other things. Um, in, or, in, other, in another difference that we really like and allow us to use it so, um, so often is the fact that it doesn't have cognitive impairment, right? So mm-hmm. for example, with the ECT, that's still called, considered the gold standard when we have a refractory depression, some people do carry cognitive impairment after the intervention. Well, that's not the case with TMS, right? So the patient comes to the office, spends there 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on the session, and uh, goes back to work or home or, you know, but it's able to drive, doesn't need to be um, driven back and forth. Which is wonderful because I, yes. I do know with ECT, I've heard patients previously talk about the cognitive deficits or the memory issues afterwards or needing to be driven back home afterwards, things like that. So it definitely sounds like this is a great course to go to with it being so non-invasive. Can you actually walk us through a typical course of TMS treatment from start to finish for patients? Sure. So, um the TMS was uh, FDA approved for um, depression that doesn't respond to one antidepressant up to four. Uh, and the response was considered really response on, on self-reported questionnaires in terms of improving the symptoms, but also uh, not tolerating it for uh, not tolerating antidepressants for different reasons, side effects, right? So once those conditions are met and the uh, major depressive disorder is conditions are met as well based on the DSM, then we schedule the initial appointment for uh, what we call mapping. Um, and of course, uh, the machines, I mean, the machine I used to have in 2008 is much more evolved now, evolved now. Now I use a different machine, Max Team. Um, and those difference, the differences are that it's more guided nowadays, right? But there are different methods of establishing where you apply the stimuli. And that's called the mapping. And the maximum that I use also has a guided uh, way of 
finding that spot where you apply uh, the magnetic stimulation, and that's usually in the left frontal lobe, uh, prefrontal lobe, right? So it's it's a process that maybe lasts 30 minutes. Uh, the idea is to stimulate the brain to the point of creating a movement of the thumb, okay? Or any movement, but we try to locate the area of the brain that's responsible for this movement. Ah, okay? interesting. So uh, we kind of go around and of course some, uh, some uh, methods are a little bit more guided and um, find that spot and that move, uh, that create the movement of the thumb. But then the treatment area is about five centimeters frontally from that. And that's where the stimulation will be applied consequently uh, every day of the treatment. Um, the treatment usually uh, requires 30 days, uh, 30, 36 sessions. And the results uh, happen through the consecutive stimulation of those neurons, right? So usually we do it five days of the week. Um, if we need to take breaks, we take breaks. Obviously, the weekends we take breaks. Um, we could see a response by session 2021. 20, some people respond sooner, some people respond later, right? Um, and through this process, we uh, do self-reported questionnaires measuring the level of uh, depression and also anxiety. So what uh, it was discovered, uh, discovered through this research is that the left hemisphere uh, stimulation, a more rapid stimulation, um, has a healing effect of, of a depression, but stimulating the right side of the cortex uh, has also implication and, and uh, positive effects on decreasing the anxiety. Oh, right? wow. Okay. So uh, a lot of times, uh, both depression and anxiety, they kind of are coexistent. Um, so I do, and most of us do, uh, bilateral stimulation of the brain. So we stimulate the left side for one side, right? Yeah. The good thing is that the hemisphere communicate, right? So mm -hmm. the stimulation on, and they did MRIs and functional MRIs, not in my office, but in research, and they actually see how the stimulation spreads from the left one to the right one and vice versa. So overall, stimulating both hemispheres, we kind of increase the number of stimulation the brain gets. So overall, it's a better response when we stimulate both, at least in my experience. I didn't know it went. It was a bilateral. I, I always thought it was just one side. So that's interesting that it does go back and forth and back and forth that you guys will. Well, we do it only on the left on side. And the patient has, yeah, but now they okay. have an indication. So they are, like I said, they are different machines. So the deep uh, uh, stimulation of TMS has like more overall stimulation. With my machine, I do, I do both uh, I hemispheres. Mm -hmm. oh, that's great. Are there potential side effects of TMS? And if so, how are they managed? So it's very well tolerated, you know, compared to, for example, medication, they have generalized side effects, right? We mentioned earlier that the medications travel to your body. So wherever there are receptors for those medications, sensitized to those medications, um, you're going to have side effects, right? So for example, you take a serotonin agent uh, to target anxiety or depression, because we have a lot of neurons in the digestive tube, we could have digestive uh, um, symptoms, we can have sexual side effects because the stimulation dopamine sort of serotonin. Because this one is localized, usually you have side effects that might be uh, related to the local area being stimulated and not necessarily the brain. The brain doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt, but the, the skin, it's sensitive. Um, sensitive. So okay. some people have more of a, 
uh, pain um, of the area um, of the because of the stimulation of the nerves that innervate mm-hmm. the skin. So usually the way we we go about that is uh, decreasing the initial intensity and kind of gradually gradually increasing it. Um, the nerves and nerve termination they kind of habituate to that stimulation. So really the patient described it like a tapping of your, like yeah. a woodpecker tapping, right? Mm-hmm. And depending on, and, and the um, motor threshold that we need for stimulation varies individually. So some people are very sensitive to this electrical stimulation. Some people need a higher intensity. So usually the tapping is stronger when you have a higher intensity. So that would be a habituation that we kind of um, increase gradually the stimulation uh, headaches could be common. So sometimes we ask patients to take ibuprofen or tunnel before. Um, there were some cases of seizures, but apparently, I mean, very uh, at some point when they kept track of those were like two cases and millions of stimulations and apparently were uh, resulting from the misposition of the electrode. Remember we said we find the area of the brain that moves your thumb, but that's not a treatment area. You have to move it Right. I think you said avoid, like five, yeah. five. Yeah. So you avoid the stimulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are main major. And of course, if you have um, uh, implants that could be sensitive, sensitive to the uh, magnetic field, then that's a contraindication. Uh, there is an um, interview that the technician kind of goes through to exclude conditions that would uh, be contraindicated. But otherwise, it's very well tolerated. Can you tell us more about the research on TMS and what we still might need to learn? So they tried it in PTSD, they tried it in ADHD, they tried it in uh, Alzheimer, uh, different protocols. Uh, the protocol for depression is a little bit different than the one of uh, OCD. Um, so it, it's just something that now it's a com- it comes in conversation in pretty much uh, every situation with every disorder you can think of. Uh, however, they are only few FDA approvals right now, and that's what we go we go through. Can it be used in different combinations of other treatments? Yes. So um, remember, initially the FDA approved it uh, for an earlier treatment, right? Um, after one medications or two or three or four medications, uh, but sometimes we use it as add-on, right? So the patient tried two medications, uh, found a second one or third one working, but not working to the remission, right? So we we measure those level of depression. We use the PHQ as an indicator of uh, of the severity. If the PHQ is still not in remission range, then we add it on, right? So um, that's, we kind of use it as an augmenting uh, therapy. And sometimes people respond, right? And then um, if, the, if they have a relapse of depression, we can do it again, right? So sometimes we can re-stimulate um, the full treatment, maybe six months after, or only few treatments. So even if it's not necessary of the approval, that sometimes we use as a maintenance uh, if uh, the patient has a refractory depression. What should a patient expect in terms of costs and insurance coverage for TMS? 
So the insurances have picked up on uh, on covering it. Um, I think they started maybe 2011. Um, so yes, if you meet the criteria that each payer has for um, for the therapy, then it would get covered. And most of the time, the requirement from the insurances uh, are uh, failed trials to antidepressant three or four. And by failed means either not response or uh, not having a good tolerance of side effects. Uh, some insurances also require combined therapy. Um, so not every insurance requires that. Some insurances do uh, maybe 10 or 12 sessions of uh, therapy. Uh, in some ways it makes sense, um, but that means that you use this therapy more as a refractory depression therapy that earlier in the treatment as it was designed. How do you determine if a patient is a good candidate for TMS? So basically, we look at the uh, criteria for MDD or GAD, uh, so major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, or CD, depending on what you treat. Um, then we use uh, the criteria uh, of the approval uh, by the FDA, but then you have to follow the criteria of the payers. Uh, if the insurance uh, doesn't pay, then yes, the self-pay alternative is available, but it can be pretty expensive. Uh, one session is about $300, right? So the treatment can be pretty expensive at some point um, if, um, if the insurance doesn't cover. Um, and those are the situations, for example, a patient had three failures of antidepressant, but um, they don't want to wait for a fourth one and they don't think they have the time to engage in therapy for 12, 12 weeks. Uh, they might choose to pay, up, uh, pay out of pocket. However, it's kind of an expensive procedure to do it out of pocket. Any other takeaways you'd like to share? Well, I think people have to be aware of this uh, treatment. Um, I think uh, everybody has to have a chance of trying something else than medications. Um, so it's always good to inquire if your insurance covers it. Um, so making a phone call to your payer uh, might give you some details and try to advocate for that. I mean, obviously, we support uh, the use of that, but it's uh, the partnership that has the best results when the patient and us kind of work together to get this procedure in, uh, in the treatment. My gosh, thank you, Dr. White, for all your information about transcranial magnetic stimulation. I think our listeners will be uh, listening to this, and some might actually be like, wow, maybe this is for me. So thank you again for Bye. sharing all your knowledge. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'd also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kalman. Take care, everyone.